All right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 10 o'clock, time now for our headliners. Headliners, plural of the day, uh, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back in Edmonton. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Kevin Lowe and Myrna Khan from the Oilers Entertainment Group. Uh, welcome to the studio, the Stingray Studios. Uh, Kev, good to see you again. It's been a little while and uh, Myrna, always nice uh, to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Great to be here, Kev. Yeah. I'm glad we're able to make it. Uh, <laughs> that this, this was a little uh, precursor to the Heritage uh, Outdoor Game, I think. I think, you know, the weather, you just it's this as soon as the game's coming up, you know, the weather's going to change a little bit. So, uh, how, however, I think the weather's going to be good for the weekend. That's right. And we're looking uh, forward to that. So, uh, I don't know, Kev, we'll just start with you. Just how excited are you for this week? I mean, I saw you on the weekend down at Ice District doing some interviews and things like that, but uh, I think you're... you're You've got to be just like a lot of Edmontonians and fired up for, for the week of events. Big, big week, no question, Kevin, for the Oilers organization. Uh, starting with the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, really excited about that. Uh, uh, two uh, new Oilers greats to go up in the, mm-hmm. on the upper bowl around the ring, uh, most deserving. And so we'll have uh, lots of festivities around that, of course. And then uh, then it kicks off Friday night, uh, Myrna will touch mm-hmm. on that, as, as will I. Uh, but really, uh, just bringing attention to Edmonton once again, so deserving. It's such a great sports city that uh, uh, the, the, I know the, the building will be sold out and it'll look mm-hmm. uh, as good as it did 20 years ago. Uh, Myrna, so it's kind of dubbed party like it's 2003. <laughs> this right. is a Friday night event. Can you touch on what's kind of going on on Friday night? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So no better way to celebrate uh, the 20 years of the Heritage Classic than have a uh, once in a 20 year party. So think of the uh, um, Rogers Place ice covered. It'll be an indoor street party. Uh, lots of restaurants, activation stations, and the best part is is that there will be our current roster there, as well as alumni. Kevin will be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well as George LaRock and Glenn Anderson and Grant Fuhr. And the fun part of the event is actually the fans will be playing uh, against the Oilers in all these games scattered across the arena. And it's a fundraiser for the foundation uh, for Every Kid Deserves a Shot, which is our new initiative. So it starts at 530, and we're looking forward to seeing you there. What is this new initiative, Uh Every Kid Deserves a Shot? Thanks for asking. So... um, We know that the 50-50 in oil country and for the oilers has been very, very successful, and we really wanted to focus on moving the needle on something really big in oil country. And we know that kids like to play hockey, but we know that kids can't afford to play. Some kids can't afford to play hockey. So Every Kid Deserves a Shot is an initiative that's being launched this week at Heritage Classic by the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation where we envision that all kids in oil country get a chance to play hockey. And it's not just about getting a stick in kids' hands. It's also about all the things that need to happen for those kids to be able to play hockey. Nutrition, mental health, resilience. So really going to be pushing hard behind this, uh, working with all our partners to get more and more kids really inspired by the power and spirit of hockey across oil country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myrna Khan, Kevin Lowe, guesting with us in the Sports 1440 studios. So, so Myrna, you've been on, on the job as executive director mm-hmm. here for, well, a little over a year, I guess. Is no, just is? 10 this months. 10 months, okay. Mm-hmm. What's it been like? I mean, uh, I mean, this is, I, I think when I first talked to you about it, uh, well, it's a long time ago, I think maybe eight, nine months ago, but 
it was an overwhelming kind of thing to get involved in now. So what's it been like in the last 10 months, as you say? It's been incredible. I, I will tell everybody who asked me that this is a dream job. I, born and raised Edmontonian, I grew up in the 80s when the Oilers were winning their Stanley Cups. And to come and work for an organization that is so driven, not only to succeed, but also to give back to the community has been uh, life-changing. And so it's been busy, of course, uh, getting to learn the ropes. Uh, having a great regular season, a, a fantastic Stanley Cup run, and then uh, Heritage Classic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with the launch of Every Kid Deserves a Shot, we're looking at really harnessing the support of oil country to really get those kids uh, in skates and on the ice. So, Kev, you've been involved with this organization since 1979. Boy, if when you say that, it seems like a long time ago, but not really. Um, it's time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does, uh, Kevin. And... and you know, Myrna's talking about uh, partying like it was 2003. <laughs> I'm thinking that's 20 years ago. I had hair. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I was 44. I'm 64 now. Time does fly. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been a great run, and uh, I hope I have a little more runway left. Uh, uh, you know, the Oilers organization has done so much for the community, community over the years, and, and then... When we started the foundation in the early 2000s, um, there was always uh, there was a lot of requests for support from the Oilers, and uh, man, uh, the foundation has answered that. Mm-hmm. So this event on Friday night is real special. Uh, uh, it's for a great cause, like they always are. But um, uh, you know, another opportunity to really help, uh, well, particularly in kids that in need. Uh, we need to get kids off the streets and organized and, and off their iPads and off their whatever. So, uh, and we're encouraging, uh, it's, uh, there'll be alcohol served, but kids are allowed to go to that event yeah. and really an opportunity to, to, uh, connect with the players of today. Yeah. The old guys will be there. Dwayne Rollison's another one. I mm-hmm. mean, you got Grant Fear and Dwayne Rollison, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's so cool if you're a kid who's a goaltender. Uh, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a really fun event. I know the guys really look forward to getting out and embracing uh, the public, etc. Et and and uh, another good opportunity to support the foundation. Well, Grant Fear is our co-host here on Tuesdays from nine to eleven. So I mean, it's been fun um, catching up with Grant on a weekly basis, and he's brought a lot of great insight to our program for sure. What's it like for you, Kevin, to kind of? Uh, again, again, reconnect with a lot of former teammates. And then, as you say, I think it's important for this year's team to kind of see the old guard and see how they interact and things like that. Can you kind of touch on that component? We, uh, you know, the really the the emphasis of the Heritage Classic was going to be the, if there was an alumni game, was going to be the 06 team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those guys... Uh, a lot of those guys are still working in the game of hockey. Uh, you know, we we had an inc- we we've had we've been fortunate to have an incredible group of not only hockey players but of of people. And uh, to see a guy like Billy Guerin come back to town and Dougie Wade, of course, and yeah. Todd Marchant, Kelly Buckberger, you know, the guys uh, from in around those early two thousands. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and what I wanted to say probably. Mostly is that those players all really embraced and enjoyed their times playing in Edmonton. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on about players, particularly maybe you know American players not wanting to play in Canada. We had a plethora of American guys, and they would they would uh, they would love to come back to Edmonton and work for the organization because they enjoyed living in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, and you did touch on it a little bit, Kevin. But we've had a lot in the last month or so about. The fact that there is no alumni game 
and you said, well, it would have been the 2006 team, and in that era, guys like that. Um, are, is, is the team, is the NHL, are, they, are we missing out on that, or what's, do you, do you feel, what, do you, have you heard, I'm sure you've heard it as well. Well, uh, let's put it this way. We want the emphasis to be on the main game. It's okay. it's for two points. <laughs> we can't can't forget that. And and uh, you know to, to to throw a bunch at the, at the community is uh, you know we do a lot here in Edmonton. There's lots of events on, and the dollars only go so far. So we wanted the emphasis again to be on on the players of today and really embrace that fingers mm-hmm. crossed that Connor will be okay. But nevertheless, uh, well he's going to be okay, of yeah. course, but. Uh, <laughs> that uh, he, he'll be able to play in the game. But uh, we, we uh, as an organization, as a league, wanted the emphasis on on today's players. So, Myrna, this event on Friday night, and you talked a little bit about the interaction that uh, fans can partake. Can you kind of just expand on that? What's going to be going on? And again, this is inside Roger's place. It's kind of funny when you go, well, what about the ice? And then you go, oh, you know, the game's it's not there. The game, you know, so you have the whole building to kind of do things for the first few days. But what about the Friday night event in particular? Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, the Friday night. So starts at 530. Uh, doors will open. And we have uh, games uh, scattered across the arena. So there is uh, virtual golf, there's air hockey, there's PlayStation 2003 and 2023, there's giant Jenga, there's huge uh, darts. There's also these inflatable rumpus rooms and pubs that will also be on the the, uh, covered ice. And so each station will have a couple of uh, current players at them and they will compete with the fans on, uh, on, and then we'll see, we'll take a running tally of the scores at the end of the night to see who wins. Alumni will be there as well. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to a good night, and there'll be a band and a DJ, and again, all proceeds go to Every Kid Deserves a Shot. And how? what's the response been so far? It's been great. So uh, we are making this a bit of an exclusive event, so there's just a few uh, few hundred tickets left. Uh, if there are people who are interested, you can email Oilers Foundation at edmontonoilers.com. Uh, Kev, are you going to be doing the Jenga or what's like, you know, I, I don't know. Like well, what. I'm going to be sitting in the alumni lounge because uh, we're going to be watching, uh, I think, the old, right. the old yeah. three heritage yeah. classics. So uh, I'll have a safe spot in the recliner and happy to take any questions. Um, so 03, I mean, 20 years, it just flies by again. You were touching on it that you were 44, now you're 64. But the alumni game, that was a big part of the, I guess, the whole mystique about it. Um, what do you remember about it? Yeah, that that was really, and just little things when you think about it. Well, well, first of all, you know, not to get too granular about the whole event, but, uh, you know, phoning Wayne and asking him, you know, what he thinks. And, of course, he was on side. He phoned Guy Lafleur from the Canadians. And once we had that, you know, it was lightning in a bottle. But I think back to uh, that moment in the game when, uh, we stopped because the ice was getting a little snowy and, and the guys got the shovels out, mess and, and Gretz and Koff and, and a bunch of the Canadians. And, and that really was a really, you know, that was a, a photo moment for, for everyone that was there to, to remember. Now we've got generations of kids that haven't, didn't begin mm-hmm. playing hockey on outdoor rinks, but uh, for our, our generation certainly is, it brought back so many memories. So, uh, uh, you know, and uh, as I've mentioned a few times recently, Gary Bettman at the, at the next Board of Governors meeting after that Heritage Classic in 03 said uh, at the start of that meeting, he said it was the most significant moment for him in the league hmm. in his time in the NHL. I think by then he had been 10 years commissioner. So, uh, you know, once again, Edmonton does it and uh, we're really proud. It was a lot of work. We had a lot of nerves going into that thing. Uh, 
guys like Patrick LaForge and Alan Watt and and um, um, Nick Wilson, Donnie Metz, uh, Stu McDonald. Of course, those were really the the drivers behind the whole event, and and uh, we pulled it off. Pulled it off for sure. Uh, and now you've seen the dozens and dozens of games um, since that. Um, w- when you go back and look at it twenty years ago, Kevin, then you see. Um, just the makeup, the setup. What you, you know, we've been watching pictures of the rink going up and the boards going up, and now the ice is going in. Do you remember that that hype twenty years ago? And do you kind of feel it a little bit the same this time around? Well, I mean, it, there was more anxiety and nerves really uh, mm-hmm. leading up to it. And, and I had a conversation with Bob Gainey many years after, and he was GM of the Canadians at the time, and. Uh, we both celebrated the outdoor game for for different reasons. Um, you know, my personally with the group of guys I just mentioned, and mm-hmm. you know, lots of volunteers like Terry O'Flynn who <laughs> sold tickets for us. Um, w- you know, we were just happy to pull it off because you know I, I don't want to say we we're nervous about it, but uh, to be honest, the league wasn't particularly happy about us initiating this thing. <laughs> and uh, but conversely, Bob Gainey many years later telling me it was probably one of the more important moments in Canadian Montreal Canadians history because they had an opportunity as a group. They were staying at the McDonald Hotel. They brought the alumni in. They were sitting around in, in the convention rooms as a group, intermingling, having beers, young and old. And mm-hmm. and meanwhile, we as hosts were running around trying to make sure everything was good and, and uh, you know, super proud of the fact that it – it, it it was the first, and as I mentioned earlier, I never envisioned it being as, I mean, I think our game's going to be the seventh, 37th or 38th, yeah, and by the end of this, this season, there's going to be 40 of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, not just the organizers and the players that participated, but all the fans that supported that event and made it what it was. Uh, certainly deserve credit for sure. Kevin Lowe, Myrna Khan with us uh, on Sports 1440. Uh, so Myrna, you said you're lifelong Edmontonian. What do you remember about the game 20 years ago? It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing everyone says. Um, I actually wasn't here in Edmonton at the time. Okay. So yeah, so I, uh, as I said, I grew up born and raised here in Edmonton. I left and I was one of those Edmontonians who vowed I would never, ever come back. But all the time that I was away, I was such a fervent Oilers fan. Um, so being able to be at the Heritage Classic this time around is going to be super special for me, especially now that we're playing Calgary. Mm-hmm. What do you think the 50-50 will be? It's going to be big, I think. <laughs> uh, thank you for the plug. Yeah. Um, it, it will go to Every Kid Deserves a Shot. And there's also a special uh, bonus Battle of Alberta that both will be drawn on the Sunday. How I know for the 50-50 You've done it for like certain periods of time. How will this one work? This one starts today and it'll get drawn on the Sunday of the Heritage Classic. What would the expectation be for like, I mean, everyone, the plot is like, I mean, in the playoffs, what do we have? A couple million? 50 million. Oh my God, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) I like his thinking. I mean, because if you're going to have that many people in the one place buying, and I mean, you can buy them online now. You you don't have to be at the game and stuff. So I would say well into seven figures. Well into seven figures. Wow. You better get a ticket. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm I'm not officially employed by the Oilers. That's right. Anymore, yeah. So I can buy you it. You can buy a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. You could buy a ticket. Never been allowed to. No. Uh, <laughs> that game, Kev, do you think, like back in 03, how close was it to being postponed because of the weather? Uh, well, uh, I know that they went to the players and, mm-hmm. and you said, listen, we you know we don't want to, but we can if it's up to you guys. And they were... 
they were, uh, you know, it was unanimous, uh, absolutely, we're going to play. They really had no choice because the, the alumni played a couple hours before them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if they uh, they said, <laughs> well, we're not going to play because it's too gold, uh, you know, might risk something. <laughs> Meanwhile, all these, I mean, by mm-hmm. then, uh, who are, who's the oldest guy playing in that game? I'm trying to think. But, um, no, I, I know that all the players really relished the opportunity of, of mm-hmm. Being the first ever, you know, that group of guys, the actual NHL players, were the first players to ever play a game in the history of the NHL outdoors. So yeah. why would you miss that opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Messi was still playing, right? Mark, uh, I guess he was still playing. He, yeah, he didn't play very good for us. No, that day. I, I thought everyone he stepped it up a bit. Everyone we, thought he was going to be the ace in the hole, right? We, we had to scramble to win the hockey game, but. Uh, but we did win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, besides the snow shoveling that you did mention. What about just coming out like that? That walk from the locker room is, you know, along, you know, on the rubber mat. Um, just what was that memory like for you? You know, seeing family and friends, uh, you know, around there in the stands. You know, looking up in the stadium. I mean, I was, I was a big Eskimo fan. My brother Kenny worked for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I remember when that building was full. Uh, so it just it felt surreal to come out and being in the middle of Commonwealth Stadium. And then, uh, you know, just the the fact that we, for me personally, that we as an organization had pulled it off, that, uh, that we're able to accomplish something no one else had ever done. I mean, it, it, uh, every time I see a game now, uh, I think back to it. Uh, you know, our, our, our little group that we're organizing this, you know, we always... Uh, give ourselves a little pat in the back for, for having the, you know, for being bold, for thinking big. And, uh, yeah, it, but but that particular day, you know, that like I mentioned, the snow shoveling was special. Uh, the fact that the beer froze in people's glasses, I think, <laughs> is a memory for everyone. And, uh, you know, I, it's one of those things years from now, people will be saying, oh, I was at that game. They probably weren't, but... You know, uh, everybody knows the stories. They want to. They want to pretend that they were actually at that game. You know, we had Patrick LaForge on about two, three weeks ago, and uh, I don't know if he ever told you this story. Maybe you know it, but he brought in uh, Chief Willie Littlechild and a few other chiefs from Treaty Six, Treaty Seven, and they did a little dance because this it was snowing so much on the Wednesday, Thursday leading up to the game. Uh, Patrick and Willie, they thought that maybe if they did sort of like, you know, think of a rain dance, but the opposite, they thought maybe they could get the snow to stop. And then Patrick said, well, the snow stopped, but then it went down to minus 30. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So he said that Willie and his guys got got their uh, wires crossed a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, And you touched on it, Kevin, just at the top two with uh, the Thursday game with the Rangers here, Uh, Doug Waite and uh, your friend Charlie Huddy. Um, what's that mean, I think, just as you being such a long-time teammate, and Doug too, but to see their names go up uh, with the rest of you guys on the ring? Well, you don't win five five Stanley Cups in seven years uh, without a, a, a pretty strong team, mm-hmm. you know, from player one to player 20 in the lineup. And, and Charlie Huddy would arguably be the most underrated oiler of that group. Uh, he, I mean, he scored 20 goals as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. And had the, one of the highest plus minuses in the in the history of the NHL in a particular season. Uh, and you know, I know um, a lot of the players. Uh, when I was fortunate enough to go in the Hall of Fame, because we had that type of team, were excited about uh, the opportunity for me. Likewise, I know all the players, including myself. I mean, Charlie and I spent a lot of time together as defensemen. We never played together very much, actually, but mm-hmm. 
But, uh, you know, sitting in the dressing room, Charlie and Lee Fogle and I would be the first to get to the dressing room every game day. Uh, you know, we'd sit around and drink, you know, probably too much coffee and hot stove it up. And yeah. Charlie's just a wonderful person and was a great hockey player. And not unlike a lot of great NHL defensemen, uh, I want to name Jacques Leperrier and Larry Robinson, went on to have a really, really great coaching career uh, as an assistant coach in the NHL. Uh, you don't coach as long as Charlie did and those guys did without having yeah. a lot of sense for the game. And, and so excited for that. Dougie Waite, uh, when I phoned Dougie to say that he's going to be one of the newest members of the Oilers Hall of Fame, he, he said, oh, I thought you were phoning me to tell me you're trading me again. <laughs> uh, but I, Dougie, I, had the, I, had the, I was fortunate to play with him in New York. Uh-huh. I was fortunate to come back play with him here in Edmonton. I was an assistant coach for him, as a head coach for him, as general manager, and then I traded him. So the full, full gamut. So it's going to be nice to see him come back. And Dougie, uh, to me, of the players of that era – He'd be one of the few guys, I think, that could have played on the Oilers, uh, the 80s Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him he probably would have started on the third or fourth line, but <laughs> would have made his way up to the second line. He'd have to play wing with Mess. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, Dougie was a great player, super competitive. And and really, I mean, he was the star of, of, of a whole generation of Oilers fans in that era. So yeah. very deserving. Uh, so this is the start of a big week in town for everyone. Kevin Lowe, Myrna Khan with us. Uh, Myrna, uh, am I missing anything on Friday night with a party like it's uh, 2003, 2003? Am I missing anything? Is there anything you want to add on uh, for the Friday night? Well, I do. I actually want to tell you all the alumni who are going to be there. Okay. I've got uh, got a long list here. So Alisemski, Paul Coffey, George LaRock, Charlie Huddy, Doug Waite, Grant Fuhrer, Glenn Anderson, Dwayne, Dwayne Wellison, Rafi Torres, Curtis Joseph, Kevin Lowe, Pete Peters, Fernando Pisani, Craig Simpson, Andrew Ferentz, Jason Strudwick, Barry Stafford, Dave Hunter, Chris Joseph, and Joaquin Gage. Wow, it's a good list. Yep. Kev? Yeah, and uh, so so exciting uh, for the event on Friday, as, as Myrna and we've talked about, uh, the present-day Oilers will be there for the mm-hmm. evening, and of course, uh, all those alumni were, most of them will be there. But uh, and, and of course, that's a paid event. It's a donation to the foundation. But there's also lots of free events. Uh, there's Friday uh, from 3 to 9 in, um, in the Fan Park uh, adjacent to Rogers Place. Uh, there'll be lots of stuff, music, and an opportunity to take a photo with the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And then again on Saturday from 12 to 6 p.m. So I want to encourage uh, fans, uh, you know, it's not always in the budget to be spending money all the time. So there's lots of free events associated with the Heritage Classic and the Hall of Fame weekend. I mean, Ice District, it's just been a, it's such a, uh, it's a magnet for people to go down there. Um, I mean, we see it in the playoffs too, but even all the other events that have been down there, even in the summer with between the volleyball, the basketball, I mean, it's, I think what OEG, what you guys probably envisioned when, when you kind of drew up the concept here. Yeah, no question. And, you know, COVID put everything back a little bit for everybody's lives, including the, including Ice District and the Fan Park. But now we're starting to get revved up and lots of great, every, you know, events from beach volleyball or Oktoberfest, or Oktoberfest <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's very cool. The, the opportunities are endless. And, uh, and yeah, as we touched on, it looks mm-hmm. like the weather's going to be decent. It's going to be a little bit above freezing. Yeah, so it's going to be just fine. Bundle up and, and go out and have some fun. Uh, one last uh, text comes in, one 1440 Just curious, ask Kevin how Messier got around the red tape uh, and was able to play in the alumni game, if you can remember that, Kev, without any roadblocks uh, from insurance or the Rangers or whatever, if you can remember anything back then. Yeah, I, you know, I... 
I have a bit of a recollection. I know there was some talk about it, and and I think Mess just flat out said, <laughs> you know, baloney, I'm playing. Like, you guys can come up with all this stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll self-insure. The Rangers weren't going to stop them, of course, mm-hmm. and it was too big of a moment. I doubt that would happen today again. Yeah. Uh, but when you're as big a star as Mark Messier and he wants to come back to his hometown because there's a special event, uh, he's going to do it. Oh, man. Well, we're looking forward to this weekend. Uh, I know both of you guys are going to be very busy with uh, events and then the game. So I wish you all the best. Uh, thanks for coming in, Myrna. Thanks for coming in, Kev. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Kev. Appreciate yeah. it. Myrna Khan, Kevin Lowe from uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group. Our headliners of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call them Mr. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. When we come back, we'll check in with the Duke, a little bit of a Monday night football prep as the uh, Vikings take on the San Francisco 49ers. That and more uh, coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Ooh, all right, welcome back uh, to the big program. Thanks to uh, Kevin Lowe, Myrna Khan from the Oilers Entertainment Group for coming in. Man, that was a kind of a jam-packed hour and a half. Uh, maybe even a little more, Duke. What do you think? And how about Kevin, eh? Is this the Duke? Is this, yeah. This is the Duke? <laughs> Hey. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a great uh, a big thanks to Brad Slater, our exec yeah. producer, Slats, for getting that uh, that double E power hour, as you called it, uh, set up with the uh, JMO in studio. And big thanks to to Dave as well for coming yeah. by. And the fact that you know Kevin Lowe, this guy's a hockey Hall of Famer, taking the time to come down to the studios with the weather that it's like mm-hmm. today in the roads. Um, I think that speaks to obviously. Um, your reputation and your relationship wow. with a guy like Kevin. And it's uh, great to hear they got a lot of big things lined up uh, leading into the Heritage on Tons Sunday. Tons of stuff. The Friday night. And thanks to Tim Shipton, too, from the Oilers Entertainment Group for uh, facilitating uh, that as well. But again, you, you even just talking to Myrna, you know, and I, you know, it's been probably, I don't know, I guess in the playoffs was the last time that I talked to her. Just the fact that it's what what a whirlwind uh, year it's been for her taking over for uh, Natalie Minkler as the uh, executive uh, director of the uh, Oilers Community uh, Foundation um, to see what where that foundation has gone. I mean, the fifty fifties just turned into such a a phenomenal way to fundraise for. Um, Alberta, Northern Alberta, Edmonton, with all the amazing uh, charities that uh, the foundation is able to benefit from because of the generosity, uh, the generosity of all Albertans and most in in particular Edmonton that people come out and spend and spend and uh, donate their time and their money and their efforts uh, for sure. Um, So that's a big night coming up on Friday. It will be uh, a lot of fun to see all the... I mean, Myrna ran down the list, but just guys like, you know, like Kevin and Glenn Anderson, Charlie, Huddy, David, uh, uh, Doug Waite. Uh, I mean, Grant Fuhrer. We got to see what Grant's travel schedule is. Is he going to be okay for tomorrow? Is he coming on Wednesday? It actually hadn't even crossed uh, my mind because I remember he mentioned it last week about going to be in transit, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think he said anything about it interfering with uh, his timeline with us tomorrow. And you, for, you listen down those names. Sure, a lot of Hockey Hall of Famers, but... Uh, also, one Jason Strudwick included in the mix. <laughs> I was going, well. how did Struddy get on that list? Man, but out of all the guys, I mean, Struddy's one of the most popular um, alumni because he gets himself out there and he, he'll go and talk to whoever you're in a room and Struddy will come up to you and you can go up to him you, and he's just that affable kind of personality. So uh, so that's all on Friday night uh, at uh, Roger's place. It's uh, called the, uh, basically it's called Party Like It's 2003. All the alumni, uh, it's like a street party 
inside with the restaurants. Uh, they'll have a live band, uh, music from 20 years ago, as Myrna said, and then uh, they'll have uh, little competitions with the Oilers alumni, and the current day team will be there as well with uh, hockey. Uh, they've got... Uh, how about this, Duke? I don't know. Did you ever play NHL PlayStation from 2003? Oh, yeah. My my first couple games were on the, the computer, actually, okay. um, on the PC because I didn't have, like, a, a game system or anything growing up. But we had the, the PC in the corner of the living room in the house. And okay. a couple of those early ones, I think, yeah, 04 and 05 were the first couple that I got. And then I, it was a staple for me once I did get a PlayStation and stuff, uh, playing all the way up into my first couple years of university, playing with the boys in the house and stuff. And... Uh, not as much so recently, but after hearing um, mm-hmm. when we had Mike Mike Inglehart, was yep. it, on Friday, yes, talk about the, yep, the new game show. coming out, that uh, I might have to dip back in. They, a lot of big changes well, coming. how about this? So they'll be playing the PlayStation from 03 and 2023. So just think about how the graphics are going to look and what, the, you know, even the players, think about that from, you know, in a 20-year span. That's going to be cool for a lot, of, a lot of fans to play that down there. Oh, for sure. You talk about, like, something that spans generations and gaps generations, like, whether you are 17, 16 years old right now playing the brand new versions of the game or um, somebody even a little bit older than me, like kind of into your, your 30s and late 30s, like playing the first iterations of it in the early 2000s, like the game's the same. Sure, the graphics are better and some of the controls are a little bit different, but it's it's the same principle, right? So I think that'll be a big part of, like you said, that's what this is all about is mm-hmm. honoring the history of both organizations and the game itself. Um, the game of hockey, I should say, in the hockey video game only adds to that. You know, I thought I was going to be out of town for the game, um, but it worked out that uh, that's not the case. So I didn't get accredited. And this is, you have to get accredited through the NHL. And I thought, well, there's no sense to to do it now. Things have changed. So now I'm going to go to the game as a fan. Um, I was working the game in 2003 for the first, uh, I probably worked up until the start of the first period. And then I didn't have to work anymore. And then I went into the stands as a fan, and that was a, a pretty wild scene for sure. So Friday, uh, party like it's 2003 at Rogers. Uh, and again, all the, the fans can compete against the Oilers of uh, yesteryear and, and this year and some of the things like tabletop, hockey, golf. Uh, they've got darts, uh, giant Jenga. That'll be something. Uh, and again, all in support of uh, the new initiative from the Community Foundation. Every kid deserves a shot. So uh, hopefully everyone has a good time on uh, Friday night and leading into you know Saturday and Sunday. And again, as Kevin said, there's many events down in Ice District and uh, you know right across the street uh, where the old casino was uh, for you know, fr- family, friends to, to go down. Weather's going to be just like whatever, minus one, even. It's going to be a good weekend. So hopefully people can get out uh, to do some stuff there. Um, we had a c- couple more texts coming into one 401 This comes from Rob. Uh, the Moose, because uh, we were talking with Kevin Lowe about how Mark Messier kind of got around the red tape, and that came from Grant, a text earlier. Uh, how did Messier get around the red tape? How was he able to play in the alumni game without any roadblocks regarding insurance uh, from the Rangers or that matter? Uh, then uh, this comes in and says the Moose had to wear his lid. Uh, that is what it came down to as far as I remember. Uh, he was the only alumni wearing a helmet. Cool. Uh, good point there. Uh when we come back, we will uh, wrap things up. 
I was going to ask you to find something to, to run to, Duke. Now I forgot about it, but we'll maybe think about it in the break. Uh, we'll talk a little about, uh, about the Major League Baseball playoffs today. Two games, one of them a game seven between Houston and Texas after the Rangers pumped the Astros 9-2 thanks to a little insurance of Adolis uh, Garcia grand slam in the ninth inning and then of course Philadelphia uh, taking on Arizona the Phillies with a chance to move on to the World Series with a win that and more coming up on uh, Sports 1440 stay with us all right welcome back to the big program time for the home stretch here text coming in from um, Alan Watt uh, with the Edmonton Elks uh, talking about uh, the Heritage Classic and Alan with uh, Patrick LaForge was a uh, major part instrumental in uh, organizing that game 20 years ago because uh, we were touch, uh, talking about it with uh, Dave Jamison who guest uh, hosted with us uh, from 8 to 10 uh, from Alan Watt Dan Craig is back in town for this year's game and his son Mike is this year's ice maker so that was a big thing about making the ice 20 years ago because it was I mean just the weather was so tough I mean the ice was chippy it was brittle um they wanted people to skate on it, you know, in the, the days leading up to kind of strengthen the ice, to cut, put some cuts into it and keep flooding and get that base and, and to, to make it stronger. But it was just really, really tough. That could be a guest for us uh, this week, maybe Dan Craig. Duke, what do you think? Dan Craig, ice maker extraordinaire, done it all over the world, Olympics, things like that. Could be a cool angle. Uh, Oilers were practicing at 11 o'clock today before leaving for Minnesota. Uh, unless you've been under a rock, Connor McDavid announced yesterday will be out one to two weeks. Uh, they call it an upper body injury. It looked like, you know, he was grabbing his side during the Winnipeg game, went down a couple of times. Uh, one with Josh Morrissey earlier in the game. Um, it was a penalty called on Morrissey on the play. It was kind of a puck battle. Uh, Morrissey didn't like the call. Uh, McDavid kind of stayed down for a little bit, but then you saw him later in the third just kind of sort of take a face off and skated up the ice, and he wasn't uh, moving all too well and then kind of sat out the final few minutes and obviously did not play into overtime where Mark Scheifele won it for the Jets 3-2. So the Oilers won 3-1 on the season. Great weekend for uh, Golden Bears hockey, sweeping Calgary. Um this Saturday, the Golden Bears football team is home to UBC. One o'clock, Saturday, foot field, the Duke. Are you going to the game? Don't well, tell. Seeing as I do not have another 40-ounce steak on uh, on tap to put me to sleep, I think that'd be a, a great afternoon to, to go check out the Bears. They clinched mm-hmm. a home playoff game, and with a win on Saturday, I believe they can clinch first place in Canada West, which is Honestly, I don't think that is something I ever thought I would say um, <laughs> in uh, in my lifetime. But it's awesome to see. Coach Morris has done a great job with the program. You know, 24, 25 years ago, I used to do Bears football play-by-play. Uh, and color, it was kind of a quasi-both. Uh, Bob Stoffer and I kind of switched off. And uh, if you ever talk to Bob, he always tells the story about when we went to Saskatchewan for a game against uh, the Huskies uh, as part of the crew. And Ken Nichols fly, flew us on his uh, little plane in for the game. Well, the team took the bus. That's how it was. Uh, anyway, Saturday, 1 o'clock, UBC's 5-2. and two. That's the only loss that's this year that the Golden Bears football team suffered was in UBC back in September. It was 54-37 uh, in Vancouver. And uh, congrats to... Uh, 
Jonathan Giustini set a new program for the Golden Bears for career points. Um, and he needs uh, one field goal and five converts to set those respective Bears records as well. So pretty neat for him. And he, I think he also had an interception uh, last week as well. So he's playing them all. He's playing all sides. Uh, Monday Night Football, Duke. San Francisco 49ers, Minnesota Vikings. We had, well, we had quite a few guests on last week talking about Minnesota. <sighs> What's the spread on this one? Six and a half, I think, right? The, I believe that is the line the last time I checked it. Uh, might move now because uh, Adam Schefter reporting just uh, very recently here this morning that Chris McCaffrey will play tonight. So wonder if that might move the line even a little more in the favor of the 49ers who are Obviously one of the best teams in the entire NFL and certainly in the NFC. And the Vikings, they've um, kind of got a little bit uh, of bad luck. Uh, we talked about it with Arif Hassan uh, on Friday there, saying they're not really mm-hmm. that bad of a team, but it was kind of bound to turn this way. How many one-score games did they win last season despite having like not the best point differential? Um, and it's kind of the karma's loop background, and now they're losing those same type of games, not recovering fumbles and, and things of that nature. So I, I think this should actually still be a decent game. The One of the big stories lines of course Kirk Cousins notorious in his career for yeah. not being uh, not playing very prime well time. in prime time he shook that reputation a little bit over the past couple seasons but um, when you when you start off your career the way he did in prime time games I don't think you ever really shake that uh, that reputation as not being great under the biggest lights so San Fran could have won last week missed the last second field goal um, that was the first regulation loss for Purdy I'm is that correct? Uh, regular, yeah, regular, regular season. Regular yeah, season, the, yeah. The, only other game, or the only other game was he had lost was when he basically tore his UC, UCL. So. Debo Samuel out. Out. Um, what do you, I mean, San Fran, this is a team, okay, come in five and one. Vikings are two and four. Um, San Fran, not lo- they could easily be six and oh, let's be honest. They, then they have been the class of the NFC so far. Do you see them having any problem with Minnesota tonight? I don't. I I don't know. Trent Williams is still listed as doubtful uh, according to the most recent 49ers injury report. So that that will certainly play a role. He's the best at what uh, what he does in the entire NFL mm-hmm. and a big part of what makes their run game so successful. The Debo injury, it seems like it'd be a big loss, but he hasn't really been super involved in the offense the past uh, couple weeks, even before he got hurt. So they have more than enough bodies to fill the gap. Uh, George Kittle, he's really come on the last couple of games and looked like that, like probably second best tight end in the NFL that a lot of people associate him with. Of course, McCaffrey's going to get his, and, and I expect the entire Niners team to bounce back. It doesn't seem like the the Vikings should pose much of a threat to them as mm-hmm. they look to improve to to 6-1 and one on the season, but... I mean, hey, any without Justin Jefferson, the Vikings seem like a different team, but Jordan Addison has stepped into that top uh, role yeah. pretty pretty decently for a rookie. And Osborne's come on, too. He, he's, he's a very yeah. capable player. Like, the Vikings are not without weapons, and I think people obviously focus on Justin Jefferson being the, the best receiver in the league, and rightfully so. But between Addison, Osborne, uh, Hawkinson at tight end, and... Um, uh, even their running back, uh, Alex Madison, mm-hmm. since the acquisition of Cam Akers has looked a lot better than he did the first few weeks of the year. So they're not a bad team by any stretch. Their record might make them look like they are, but uh, I, I'm expecting a good game tonight for sure. Edmonton Elks holding their, uh, I guess, final media availability uh, today, probably just coming up at 11 o'clock. That's the last. Uh, Dave Jamison thought it was a little earlier. I thought it was 11 for Chris Jones, players to follow. Uh, as a heads up, Duke, we are working on having Trey Ford on tomorrow. 
and I'm sure Slats is uh, working on that as well. I, I put in a request today to Hernan Salas, and hopefully we can have Trey Ford on uh, tomorrow morning just because with the showtime and things like that and their availability today, it didn't uh, work for us. Two games in the majors uh, today, baseball playoffs. Arizona, Philadelphia, first pitch just after 3 o'clock our time. Phils lead the series three games to two and look to wrap things up today. Uh, at 6 o'clock is Texas and Houston. Game seven, the ALCS, series tied, 3-3. It's been not exactly a homer series, Duke. Uh, three home games for each team so far. Three losses so far by each home team. Uh, can Texas pull this out? Uh, oh man, this is a tough, tough task. I think I, I like, you know, I like the way that Texas is made up in the sense of they've got a lot of their bottom of their order is solid. I think at the bottom of their, their batting order is a little bit better than Houston, even though Houston's pretty decent. Texas has that ability to maybe uh, manufacture a few more runs from the bottom. What do you see, Duke? What do you like? Who do you like? Are you putting together a little parlay tonight in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I'll have to take a look at some of the uh, the lines for some props and stuff, but um, the it's it, starting with the NLCS. I mean, the Phillies have yet to lose uh, at the bank this postseason. Yeah. So it, it's. I mean, I'm rooting for the D-backs. They've been a great story uh, all all playoffs, and of course, a couple former Jays being a big part of that. Gabby Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel. But I I, I think they're ve- they're in very tough here, especially going up against Aaron Nola as well. I think the D-backs are probably um, ending their season uh, this afternoon. I'd love to be proven wrong and see another Game 7. And then tonight, I think this is what everybody has their eyes on. My biggest question going into this one is what Max Scherzer mm-hmm. are we going to get? Uh, he, nothing spectacular in his first, uh, first game back uh, returning from the injury. But this is a guy, he's a Cy Young winner in the past. He has all the tools. And if there's ever a moment to, to step up to it and, and kind of deliver for your team uh, first year in this new organization, uh, this is it. But both teams, good bats, good pitching. It should make for a, for a classic. Uh, well, we've seen everything in the ALCS. Yeah. You've seen the pitching uh, has been great at times. You've seen um, blowouts. You know, you've had some big-time scores. You've had big-time home runs. You had, uh, well, let's not call it a bench-clearing brawl. You know, the players left the benches, you know. They left their benches. They walked out. There was no brawl, okay? Um, You could say, I mean, with what happened with Adolis Garcia, you know, walking down first base and tapping his chest, da-da-da-da-da. You've seen the personalities come out uh, in this series. And now we've got a Game 7. You know, the Astros are trying to become the first team this century to win two straight World Series and three straight pennants, so... Uh, we'll see if that's a possibility. Also, on this day in sports history, one of the greatest calls. That was the call. I forgot. That was going to see if you oh, could you get the call to pull from, that audio. from Tom Cheek. Yeah, so 30 years ago today was the famous Toronto Blue Jays home run. Uh, Tom Cheek made the call for Blue Jays uh, radio, and it was uh, Joe Carter hitting uh, the home run off of Mitch Williams as the Blue Jays uh, won their second consecutive World Series. Man, that was that. I mean, Duke is it's a little ways back for you, but I'm sure you've gone into the annals of history and 
checked it out. Of course. I yeah. mean, you can't watch that without uh, having goosebumps run up your arm. But between the moment, the, the performance of the of Carter himself, and then the call uh, just kind of tops mm-hmm. it all off and makes it a an all-time moment in just sporting history, not exclusive to baseball, not exclusive to the Toronto Blue Jays yeah. or Canadian fans. It's an all-timer regardless um, and we've seen lots of lots of classics over the year, and baseball I think really lends itself to that with the that moment of pause right before the the pitch is delivered, and then of course the swing of the bat. Usually you can hear that crack in the uh, in the broadcast itself with all the great mics they have now. So I'm uh, I'm hoping maybe we'll see something something similar, some electricity uh, from Minute Maid Park tonight in Houston. Um, maybe Frank was at the game there in '93. Frank Saraval, <laughs> do you think he was there? <laughs> been in every Phillies game so far. I uh, I don't know. Frank is a, a lot younger than most people are led to believe um, okay. due to the the silver fox nature of his of his hair, but um I don't know. I uh I, I had, think he might have been a bit on the young side. I had side. 3 years in the industry working already. I was working in broadcasting for 3 years. I think I was in in Prince Albert working in uh at CKBI in Prince Albert. Rod Peterson was there. Not there at the station, but I think he was doing um Raiders play-by-play at the time for the Prince Albert Raiders. But that's, that. I mean, oh, what a, that was, I mean, 92, of course, the Jays won the first series in 92. Um, the Phillies weren't very good in 1992. They they were the last place team, I remember, in 1992. Came back in 93, obviously, um, and got all the way to the World Series after they defeated Atlanta in uh, the NLCS. The Jays beat Chicago in the ALCS. So, Joe Carter hits the home run off of Mitch, the wild thing, Williams. Do you think Joe Carter was the MVP? I don't believe he was. No. Do you know who it was? No, I don't think I do. It's I a know, tough question. I, know, I remember that it was yeah. not Joe Carter, which is kind of, you know, one of those things of uh, sports trivia stuff is like, yeah, the walk off, the call, the et cetera, et cetera, but was not named MVP. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to hear who in fact was. Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor had a couple of home runs. Um, what else did he do? Uh, Paul Molitor batted 500, two doubles, three triples, two home runs, eight RBI to be named World Series MVP. Uh, text coming in to one 401 as we're getting close to uh, wrapping up the show. Uh, uh, that was the displaced Yukoner, uh, Rob uh, love the show, and he was talking about uh, Mark Messier had to wear his uh, lid. Lots of texts uh, about uh, Dave Jamison coming on. Uh, great to hear Dave co-host this morning. Don't let him be a stranger. That comes uh, from Rob. Uh, Lucky's calling the... Uh, oh, boy, he's not going to be too happy with the Heritage Classic. He just thinks, again, with... Um, the teams playing the way they are, Calgary, Edmonton, struggling out of the gate, I guess you could say. Uh, the possibility of no Connor McDavid, it's going to be a tough uh, sell for this weekend. Um, a lot of people want Dave Jamison to write the CFL book. Write the book! That comes from J-Dog. Um, Eric Tillman. Rich Ranch Hand says Eric Tillman can go to the place where there's People in tattered clothing and things like that. Uh, Paul Malter was the best hitting Jay that entire World Series round. He deserved the MVP. Uh, tomato Soup, CKBI, Prince Albert, Channel 4, CKOS, Yorkton. Uh, that was my farmer vision. I saw you on CKBI. Yes, I worked there for a couple of years. 
in uh, Prince Albert. Hey, thanks for uh, everybody coming on today. Uh, thanks to uh, our exec prod slots for lining up uh, the double E power hour. Alan Mitchell guested with us at 7.20. You can catch uh, the lowdown with low tide from noon till 2 o'clock right here on Sports 1440. Uh, Dave Jamison again. Thanks for coming in, Dave, uh, co-hosting with us. So we'll do it again. Mark Step Spector for On the Mark at 8 o'clock in Booster Juice. And then the uh, the quad, the uh, power hour of uh, former double ears. Ricky Ray, Singor Mobley, Terry Ray, Jason Moss. Thanks so much for coming aboard. And then we had Kevin Lowe and Myrna Khan from the Oilers Entertainment Group to set up uh, this weekend, what's going down, uh, Party Like It's 2003, uh, coming up this weekend, Friday, at Rogers Place. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour is the former... Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas with... Uh, Fantasy Frenzy. Low down with low tide at noon. Jason Greger takes us home 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock here on Sports 1440. Thanks so much for listening tomorrow. We'll have Grant Fuhrer tomorrow before he comes to Edmonton for the Heritage Classic. That's uh, tomorrow 9 to 11 and a jam-packed show once again tomorrow. Uh, Coming up, here's the Duke with a Sports 1440 update. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.